Welcome back to It's All Geek to Me, a podcast where we talk about anything and everything geek-related. I'm Trey. And I'm Tim. Today, we're going to be diving into a an interesting topic, and it's all about movies, video games, maybe even books. It's about how we view them and critique them, because you know. It's all geek to me. If it's a comic book or a comic movie, it's all geek to me. If it's some sort of game or a show on TV, it's all geek to me. If it's a play or ballet, I agree. If it's a cut or a sword, a beach, or a tree, it's all. It's just all geek to me. Okay, Trey. Critiquing movies. When did you first realize that you enjoy sitting down and critiquing a movie or thinking about it critically? Great question, Tim. Thank Uh, you. Critiquing movies has always been a thing that I think everyone does to an extent when they watch a film or read a book or anything that's not their own. And even if it is their own, they still critique it. I think it is our nature to critique things if we believe that or not. Like if we think about it. I think for me, I never realized I enjoy critiquing things until college. I've always liked movies. I've always enjoyed going to the movie theater, getting that popcorn, sitting in the, the chairs and getting immersed into a movie but i never did it on a consistent basis it was always more of oh that film looked fun oh that film looked fun and when we hit college and we had the movie pass i know we've talked about that a few times on this on this podcast i'm so happy they're coming back i'm I'm hesitant on it it. i'm hesitant i i am too but i'm hoping that it works out because i would love to dive back in and like, cause as of right now, I have, I love AMC. So I have my AMC A-listers and I'm driving like 20 minutes or so to the movie theater, the closest AMC to go see a movie <laughs> when I literally have a movie, another movie theater that is like two blocks, like two miles away at most. I have an <laughs> AMC that's a little bit crappy, like five minutes down the road from me. And so I've thought about doing the AMC pass, but right now I feel like movies have hit a, a lull. Yeah. There there isn't a lot of movies coming out right now. I know black Panther just came out. I need to see that, but it's good. Knives out is going straight to streaming. They have like a week in theaters, which I'm going to try to go see that in theaters. I, I want to. And then the only other movie that I can think that's really hitting theaters hard with marketing is avatar. Yes. Um, so Let's I'm go. thinking maybe if I do it, I'll do it next year. But all well, that's not say, even uh, the A listers is out, but like the new movie pass isn't even out yet. They're beta no, testing if I did right it, now. if I did it, I might do the AMC listers because uh, I'm yeah. five minutes from that AMC from an theater. AMC. We only have an yeah. AMC where I'm at. So makes sense. But all that's to say, got off topic. <laughs> when we had the movie pass. We went to go see a lot of movies together, even separately. Like we went to see a lot of movies on that. Yeah, and there were time where I was going to go. See, I saw a movie every single Sunday, at least. Yeah, and I think a part of the movie pass was I was able to see movies more than once, and a lot of times the second run, instead of like, I knew where the direction was going, I knew what was happening, and so I I would sit there and I almost look at other parts than just the plot. I start looking at the acting. I start looking at the cinematography. I start looking at, oh, that sounded really cool in that aspect. Oh, that looked beautiful when they did this. And so I really started learning and doing research on my own on filmmaking and the different aspects of a movie. And I think from there on, I've started appreciating movies more by critiquing them. And the first movie that I remember doing this with, to be honest, is The Reverend. I think I said that right. With uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, the one he won the Oscar for, finally. 
Finally. That Took movie had such a beautiful cinematic element to it that mm-hmm. there were there was times where you were just sitting there looking at nature in the movie and it didn't detract from the movie and you just felt in awe. And I think that yeah. was the first time I really truly started looking at movies a different way. That makes sense. Um yeah, I think everyone kind of goes through similar journeys with that because I've noticed that like most people will be like, oh yeah, I was watching movies and then all of a sudden I started realizing I enjoy when I look more critically towards that and I'm not just, you know, sitting and enjoying the film. Um, but yeah, I for me, I've always enjoyed going to movies. I've always loved watching movies, but I through hanging out with you and uh, a friend of mine, Nathan, who did our theme music, he looks at movies very critically and wants to find little things and wants to find things he enjoys about them, things that, you know, he didn't really like and things like that. And so me and him would go see a movie together and then we leave that movie and we'd talk about it. And I was always the type of person that would be like, oh, I enjoyed it. Like it was fun. Like da da da, you know, like super big optimist, you know, about movies. But when I hung out with you and I hung out with him and we started talking about movies and really getting more in depth, I found myself doing the same thing. And I found myself really thinking differently about films over a gradual period of time to where I'm like, oh, I like it. Like you said with The Revenant, I like when they do this. You know, I don't like when they do this. Like you found yourself looking at the cinematography and like that was your first film that that happened for you. I don't have a first film that that happened for me, but it was a gradual decline to where now I still consider myself not a great movie critic because I'm still, you know, probably very nice in the way I view films, but I look more at the cinematography, at the lighting, at the the music choices, at the lack of music or the director's style and all of that. I, I look more to that and I'm excited that I'm growing in my ability to critique films. I think also an element to it as well is you can't forget about storytelling aspect because I know you and I bonded over that a lot in college where it wasn't just movies. It was video games and books and media on the way that a story is told and the way it unfolds. And I think prior to even seeing some of those movies that got us into like looking at the cinematography and the sound and the direction I think everyone kind of starts with the storytelling mm-hmm. where if you, this is where like my first comment kind of comes from is if you believe it or not, like you do critique a movie, you leave a movie and you're like, eh, I didn't really care for the story. Eh, I didn't really care for this plot point that they did. You hear that more often in just the lay person going to a movie. Yeah. And that is a form of critique. It and is. You do it all the time. Uh, we did that all the time whenever we would like see a TV show that we both liked together. We're like, oh, that episode mm-hmm. wasn't the that best. That wasn't great. Yeah. yeah. Never are you truly talking about the acting or the way it looked. It was more so about the story. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to movies a lot and loving the way that characters are foils to one another or the way that it foreshadows something. And those are elements of a critique. Those yeah. are elements of you can tell that the director or the writer, depending on which one implemented it, understood their characters to a way that they were able to foreshadow or have a foil or have a metaphor here or do this here in order to elevate the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a question for you. So we both have a little bit of experience of just critiquing movies we enjoy. However... do you feel that there is a difference between just a person going to a movie, just going to enjoy a movie? Uh, Let's talk about black Panther. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to, so no spoilers with it. Let me just spoil everything. (laughs) Kidding. There are tons of people, especially with Marvel movies. They're just going to go enjoy their time, leave happy. But then there's others who go into a Marvel movie very much in the mindset of, this needs to be perfect. This is, I'm looking for this element and this element and this element. You went 
how did you go into the movie? Did you go into it as a critic? Did you go into it as a just, I'm going to enjoy this movie, the layperson? So with Marvel, I generally just go into it with an open mindset of just, I want to enjoy these films. Um, but something, I'm going to kind of answer your question in a weird way. Because something I've learned is that people will go into a film with different mindsets, yes, but that's how they enjoy movies. Like a while ago, I was talking to a friend of mine and she always heavily critiques films. Every time she goes and sees a movie, she heavily critiques them. And at this time, I wasn't like that. I'm like, I just want to go and enjoy the movie. This is a couple hours that I don't have to think and I can just enjoy a film and turn off my brain. And we kind of came out of it with the idea of we can both go to these films and have completely different mindsets and completely different um, goals and come out equally enjoying the movie. She can find a ton of critiques and I can just go out and be like, man, that was a great time of turning my brain off and enjoying a great story. I've changed now. I'm definitely more along the lines of I go to movies and I find myself just naturally critiquing them. But I think it kind of just depends per person. And I think you can definitely go into a movie with both mindsets and walk out and enjoy it or change halfway through depending on the film. Um, I don't think that really answers your question though, does it? It does a little bit, but I have a follow-up question to it. And that is, you kind of alluded to it. Can you be both a critic, but also go into a movie and just enjoy it? I think so. I think you can. Um, I think part of being a movie critic is just enjoying films and wanting to just enjoy yourself in a movie and see people succeed. I think that's definitely part of, you know, being a critic. And I think that's a great cornerstone of just wanting to go in and enjoy the film. What are your I would ab- I would absolutely agree. I think the first element of every movie critic is they have to have a love of movies. Yeah. Same thing with a book critic. If you're going to be reading books all the time and critiquing them, you have to have a love for books. I think it's the idea of the food critic that hates food. You know, yeah. like that's not going to make sense. Like you can't go into a restaurant and be like, oh, I hate eating. I hate food, but I'm going to eat this because it's my job. I have to critique it every critique is going to be bad because they hate food, you know? So I think like you're saying, you need to have a basis, a ground level of a love for cinema and a love and respect for films. And then you go from there and you can have, you have those people that are really heavy critiques that, you know, critics that will just bash every little thing. And then you have those critics that will be a little more gracious and just probably in love the entertainment more than they do critiquing films. And I think there's no wrong way to critique a film in that regard. When I critique films too, I kind of do that naturally where it's, I have a little form typically, well, it's different from Marvel movies versus a normal movie. So depending on what I'm watching has a different like rubric to say. Uh Whenever we're, we're critiquing the Marvel movies right now, we have our own little rubric that we're following in order to stay consistent. Yeah. Um, but in a, we'll say glass onion, when that comes out, that's when I have a very different rubric than a Marvel movie for me. But oh, yeah. Cause they're, I think also they're have, different type of films. Exactly. But they're always going to have like directing choices, actors and how well they did plot points and like things like that. But I will always have another category that doesn't factor into my critique. And that is enjoyment. So typically, I will have two different gradings. One is, will I watch this again? How much did I enjoy it? And the other one is, nice. how well of a movie is this? How well made of a movie? Is mm-hmm. all of these elements, did it work for the story? And I can tell you, there are some movies of mine, they are completely opposite. One's very low and the other's really high. Mm. And I truly believe that you can have both. You can enjoy a movie that is very terribly made. Oh, yeah. I can give you one example right off the bat. In college, uh, I think our freshman year, The Ridiculous Six came out on Netflix. Okay, Adam yeah. Sandler. 
that movie is terrible in a movie standpoint. <laughs> I think it has a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I will watch that movie. I think I've watched it at least five or six times, and I will laugh my butt off. It is I, a hilarious is nothing, movie. There's nothing better than a a B movie. Yeah. You know, Sharknado's? like I have <laughs> Sharknado. I have fond <laughs> memories of me and my dad on like Saturday mornings um, or Saturday afternoons. Like um, when I was a kid, we would go to the sci-fi channel on TV <laughs> and they would be playing the cheesiest sci-fi B movie imaginable. Oh, yeah. And we would just sit there for two hours and it was only like an hour and a half movie, but you know, 30 minutes of commercials. Um, and we'd sit there for two hours or two and a half hours and watch this B movie, this B sci-fi movie and have the greatest time. Absolutely. And I think that once again, it just proves the point of you can be both. You can critique movies. You can understand when a movie is bad, but it doesn't detract from the enjoyment sometimes. And Mm -hmm. so I always have, we kind of went on a tangent together the other day about this and I just can't stand sometimes when people are so critical on things that they're like well since it's so bad you can't enjoy it like no like everyone (laughs) needs to hate this and it's like why why have that gate there in in like fandoms it's called gatekeeping of like everyone has to have the same opinion like yeah either not letting people into the fandom that they don't want or basically saying everyone has to have the same opinion. And I look at Star Wars that way. Mm -hmm. I love Star Wars. I love those movies. I can tell you right now, those are not the best movies ever made. No, 100% not. Yeah, I think think that's where critiquing um, gets into like toxic and just unhealthy because I love, I follow this channel on YouTube, um, and it's a spinoff of the channel Cinema Cinema Sins. Oh, it's Cinema Wins, right? But it's Cinema Wins, yeah, yeah. And so I love that channel because his whole mentality. So if if you don't know, Cinema Sins was this original YouTube channel where these guys go through and watch movies, and they will be they'll show like twenty minutes of the film, and they will like call it a sin count of every time something is bad or cheesy um, or just, you know, not done well and they will have wrong. Yeah. yeah, Like plot holes, stuff like that. And so if you love movies, it's fun to watch because they can have some like really good movies. They're like, Oh, I never realized that there's a massive plot point right there or something else. And so, or things that don't make sense in real life, like they'll count those as sins and full disclosure. It's satire. It's, you know, it's for it humorous reasons. It's not an actual critique or anything. It's just, if you enjoy kind of poking holes in films, you'll enjoy it. And it's, like I said, it's full satire. But somebody was watching that channel and made Cinema Wins, which is the complete opposite. It's someone watching a movie, showing 20, 30 minutes of the film. And every time they enjoy something, every time something is done well, music is on point, cinematography is on point, they'll give it a win counter. And it will the movie will end with a however many wins, but his whole mentality for making this channel, and he said this a couple times on it was the idea of you may not enjoy a movie, but that movie could be somebody's all time favorite film. And so there are movies that, like you were saying, that aren't good, that you know, like if you base it on films, they're not good movies, but that could be somebody's all time favorite film. And so every movie has something good about it. Someone worked hard on it. Someone is proud of that project. Yeah. And that's fun to view. That's fun to like look at too, you know? Like everybody has the most hated film of theirs. Everyone has one. And I challenge everyone listening, go back to that movie and you will find at least one thing you enjoyed about it. Guaranteed. Yeah. And I completely agree with it. I do like that the um he got permission from the original guy because uh, he had a whole video because I've watched those guys too uh, from the Cinema Sins to, in order to use the name rights. And oh, he was yeah. full for it. And then uh, two other spinoffs happened <laughs> called Gaming Sins and Gaming Wins. 
So I've same heard format. of those. Haven't actually uh, watched any of their videos though. Those are really fun too. And I once again, I'm under the boat of I like to look at the more positive things. So mm-hmm. I don't really watch the cinema sins or the gaming sins. I don't really. Either. I do lean towards the more the the wins. Same. Because a lot of times I'll get stuff from them, even though it's satire. Still, I'll get like, oh. I didn't even catch that in that movie, but that is a yeah. phenomenal world building element. That's a phenomenal uh, character development area that you may not have seen the first time around. Yeah. Or like one of my favorite, I've noticed two things I think from uh, those from cinema wins. The first one was in frozen two, right? So at the very end of frozen two, when Elsa's on the like the the water horse and is going down the flooding waters, the music descends with her, like note wise. Oh. And he noticed that, and he's like, "If you listen to the music, every time she jumps down the water, the notes descend with her." And I'm like, "Okay, I would have never noticed that. Like, it's such a subtle." thing that you would have never consciously noticed but you appreciate once you hear it and you're like wow that is amazing um and then the second one is the fact that mad max fury road was edited by the director's wife and she's a hollywood editor never edited an action movie before and he asked her to edit it and it doesn't feel like an action movie in the way it's edited because she doesn't know how to edit an action movie, but she won the Oscar for editing because of how well that movie's edited. And you never would have gotten that story or that feel if she didn't do that. And so just little things like that, noticing little things. And so I love those channels because they help you, they help you know, learn things. They help you learn new things. (laughs) That has nothing to do with critiquing, but it's just some of my favorite random movie facts. (laughs) Yeah. And definitely like, not sponsored at all, but give them a look. Like Cinema Sins, um, Cinema Wins, Gaming Wins, Cinema Gaming Sins, whatever. They're fun channels. Like you, the amount of retrospective reviews on YouTube right now, like it's a growing thing I've noticed. I love oh, yeah. watching ret- uh, retrospectives, especially with games. Um, I'm currently watching. Uh, one on God of War, the 2018 version, as he goes oh, through nice. the entire game, and he's like, "This is beautiful, but this is why." And he goes, yeah, chapter by chapter, and kind of talks about the characters and the way they interact, and even small details that you might have missed. Love, love seeing those things. But I also love hearing other people's joy when they talk about it. Yes. And I think that's something really big right now and why those those versions of critiques, because we we're talking about critiques right now, and those could be considered critiques, right? Either Cinema Wins, Cinema Sins, um, those type of retrospective viewings or playthroughs can be considered critiques. And I think there's something different. And I think the reason why those are thriving is because, you you know, the classic critique is like an article. Right, You read this article on this newspaper or on this website and you learn about the movie or the game. Really cool, really awesome. But there's something different about watching a video of somebody talking about it. And you can just hear the joy and like the, the amazement in their voice. And it's like, oh my gosh, I loved this because of this reason. Or did you catch this when at this moment when this happened? When I first caught it, it blew my mind. And you just hear that joy and that excitement for something that you're also into. And it just like makes you like feel so good and feel so excited to be a part of it because you're also enjoying that and you're also catching those things. And so I think that's why those versions of critiques are thriving right now is it has that extra connected, like connecting point of you hear it in their voice, you know? Oh yeah. And it reminds me of almost theorizing things. So if we're going back to Marvel, cause that's what you and I really got into with each other. We theorize so much in between infinity war and Endgame, or even oh, leading yeah. up to infinity war. And you had this feeling of almost camaraderie. Of, oh yeah. 
we're in this together. We have no idea what's going to happen, but here's my theories. And you mm-hmm. can go back and forth for hours on it. We did. <laughs> yeah, we did. And I feel like we still do that, but even outside of theorizing on stuff, we do that in critiquing. We go back and forth a lot on, oh, did you catch that? Oh, I love this part. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this the sound here, the, uh, the score on this. And we're even doing it now. We talk to each other almost every day, if if not every other day. And every time we do right now, we always are talking about God of War Ragnarok and where we are right now. Because yeah. it just came out. It's so good of a game. And we're theorizing. We're critiquing. We are talking about the character developments, the lore, mm-hmm. the gameplay. Like We're doing everything that a critic would do just with each other as we go through the game. Yeah. And we've already, we've already talked about we're going to play through it again. And we're not even, we haven't. Yeah. And I don't even think we're halfway through yet. Like, no. And we're already wanting to play through it again. Oh, yeah. Like, and I think taking it a step further with films, the love of theorizing, one of my favorite memories is us theorizing from in between Infinity War and Endgame for Marvel, uh, for the Avengers films. And we were theorizing. And I remember you came up to me and a couple of other college buddies, and we were theorizing. And you said that I, you're like, I'm going to hate it. I'm going to hate it. But I think time travel is going to be in Avengers Endgame. And you theorized that. And then I loved sitting in the theater opening night, watching it. And you just hitting me on the shoulder as soon as they started talking about time travel. (laughs) Because you were right. And there's like that moment of like, we theorize this. You know, I theorized we had the conversations. We had those discussions. And then as soon as you were right, just that excitement of being like, Oh crap, you were right. Dang, like, oh my goodness. You know, and there were moments. even elements that uh there were elements that when we were theorizing that you mentioned multiple times that I was like, I remember telling you like, I don't think they're gonna do that. There's no way they would do that. <laughs> and in endgame they did. And I was doing the same thing with you. I was hitting you, I was like, Hey, look, like, oh my gosh, I know we're both watching it, but look. <laughs> yeah, like come on. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> it's just something about that pre critiquing you know, where we're theorizing and the post afterwards, I think it's all involved in critiquing of the excitement before the viewing and then the, the digesting after, you oh, know, yeah. cause one of my favorite moments is when we would leave that theater and we would be driving back to our dorm or back home and we would be talking about it and being like, Oh my gosh, this part and this part, what were you feeling during this? What, how did this, you know, how did you like this? Did you not like this? just that digesting afterwards and the the contemplation and the the conversation after you know is just so cool and i think that's something even, beautiful that about critiquing it can bring us together you know and even like two days three days after we would come back together and we'd be critiquing even different things even maybe saying things like oh yeah i said i enjoyed this but actually thinking about it i don't know if i was a fan of that now yeah like 100 i i firmly believe a, a critique of a movie book whatever is never truly finished i think it's only dependent on the time and place and where you are at mentally physically emotionally spiritually whatever but the person you are today is not who you were five years ago wasn't who you were a week ago yeah so depending on when you watched a movie i think will also alter and judge your critique Mm -hmm. and i've seen that a few times in the ways that like there's a movie I might have absolutely hated. And then when I go back to him, it's like, okay, that was actually a really good movie. Yeah. It's all subjective. It's all opinions. And I think we always have to be actively checking ourselves on where we are and why we are critiquing something the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I personally dislike the question, what's your favorite movie? I dislike that question because it's hard for me to pick one. Because I will like movies for certain elements or I'll like movies for this or that or I'll just enjoy movies. But I'm constantly seeing new movies or I'm constantly re-watching movies. And so I may enjoy something in my first viewing, but then upon second or third viewing, my opinion may change of it. And so having a favorite movie is hard because I feel like it's an ever-evolving, ever-changing opinion. Yeah, I would agree. And even when I get asked, like, what's your favorite movie? A typical response first would be, well, what genre? 
because yeah. like I typically subcategorize because I can't tell you what's my favorite movie because it depends on the mood I'm in. But yeah. I can tell you like, okay, what's your favorite comedy? Well, the first one off the top of my head would probably be like White Chicks or something. Oh, that's such a fun movie. It is. <laughs> I love but that movie. is it my favorite movie of all time? No. Is yeah, it my no. favorite comedy of all time? Maybe at the moment. Yeah. But it, it really just depends. It's easier once you get into Marvel, say. You can say, mm-hmm. okay, what's your favorite Marvel movie? Well, there's only, well, it's ever expanding now, so it's getting harder. <laughs> but when there was only like 20, like, it's like, yeah, this one, I, I'll turn this one on anytime. Yeah. Or say directors. It's a little bit easier to have a favorite movie Christopher within Nolan. a director. Oh, I thought you were just talking about directors we enjoy. Oh, I really enjoy Christopher enjoy. Nolan. <laughs> and I, I love Wes Anderson. But you tell me what's your favorite Wes Anderson movie, I can immediately tell you Grand Budapest Hotel. There you go. So I think it does get easier to say what movies when we categorize and we kind of move away from just every movie in the world. But I do agree that those opinions still change. Yeah, it's ever evolving. Because kind of going back to Avengers and like Marvel and Endgame, something I enjoyed our first viewing that opening night was the fact that when all the heroes were brought back, Right. So like they snap that first time, you know, Hulk snaps and brings everyone back and all the portals open and you see all the heroes returning. Right. That is an amazing moment. But if you watch that movie now, you realize that in that scene where they're showing all the heroes returning, the directors left room for the audience to clap and to cheer And so there is like a five to 10 second pause on each hero to give everyone a chance to go, yeah, they're back. Woohoo. But if you're just watching that movie for the 20th time, you know, they come back. And so that moment doesn't hit as hard. And so it's kind of a moment there where it's like your first couple viewings. It's amazing. It's a jaw dropping moment but you're seeing it for the 20th time or 15th time or 10th time. You're like, all right, I know they're back. Cool. Yeah. You know, so it's ever changing, ever evolving. And it depends. I think also the company you're with, like you can watch a movie and have a person that like is bagging on it the entire time. Your opinion's probably gonna be swayed compared to somebody you're watching that movie. And they're like, Oh my gosh, this is the greatest movie ever. That's true. You're probably going to be more in- inclined to go that, that way, you know? Yeah. And I had a question for you. I think we've already answered it, but I still want to ask it because I, I I really like this question. And it's, can you truly enjoy a movie when it doesn't meet your critic standards? I think you can. I think so too. I think out of everything we've been talking about, there's a difference between enjoyment and critiquing, or at least there needs to be. And yes. I think for some people... A lot of people in fandoms, I think, have a hard time differentiating that. Mm-hmm. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, <laughs> so hopefully this lines up all right. But I think it's time for us to change a little bit of the topic at hand. I kind of want to go into a very big topic surrounding critique uh, critics right now. And that is, should we trust critics? Um, journalism right now, I, I appreciate journalism. I think it is a, a great field. I think that we need, we need it for certain elements, other elements, maybe not so much. However, when it comes to media and we're talking about entertainment media, uh, we have video game, uh, critics, we have movie critics, we have critics that critique TV shows. We have critics who critique books. You name it, they critique it when yeah and within those fields we've had quite a few of blunders so video games say last of us part two when that came out a few years ago there was a huge huge debate between is this a good game or bad game critics all gave it a 10 out of 10 it's known as like the best game ever like in critics i absolutely love it However, there was such a big divide among fans who hated it. And I'm not going to say why because Tim hasn't played those yet. 
But we are even seeing that in Thor or Thor in God of War Ragnarok. Right now, a lot of the reviews are 10 out of 10s. But there's been a few people who's like, eh, it's not a 10 out of 10 game. And then people are jumping at them saying, what do you mean? Like, this is a great game. This is amazing. And not only are we seeing that in video games, I see it slowly becoming a more bigger deal in video games. But let's talk about movies specifically. There's been multiple movies currently that everyone talks about Rotten Tomato scores. I I do enjoy Rotten Tomato scores. I do look at them. I don't think they're the end-all, be-all review. But if a Rotten Tomato score is like at a 90%, but then the audience score is at a 30 or vice versa, people are up in arms like, what do you mean that this is a good movie? Everyone hated it. Or what do you mean this is a terrible movie? I absolutely love this movie. What do you think about that? Like, do you think there is a divide among audiences and critics right now? Do you think one should have more power, more sway over what you should look at? Um, what are your just general views on that? Yeah, so I, I, as you were talking, a couple thoughts, a couple different thoughts popped in my head. And I'm going to kind of go in order of which ones popped in my head first. The first thing that popped in my head was actually a memory and it was when you were talking about video games. So I'm going to jump to video games for a second. And I, I remember trailers and actually I'm remembering the trailer for God of War Ragnarok and all of the trailers for Ragnarok when the, when the reviews came out at the end of the trailer, it was like 10 out of 10 IGN, 10 out of 10, this nine out of 10, this 10 out of 10, this 9.5 out of 10, you know, it was all those numbers, right? Boom, 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 at your fa- in your face at the end of the the review. I think something, and then this is where the memory comes in. When I was a kid, I had I don't know if you ever had this, but the the um, GameSpot from GameStop, the magazine. Yeah. Um. So in those magazines, they would review games, and like the new big game coming out. So I remember the big one was Assassin's Creed Three. Um. And they reviewed Assassin's Creed 3 and talked about it, right? So, something that I think is important in reviews and critiques that is kind of avoided nowadays or kind of forgotten about, it's, oh, excuse me, sorry, is the fact that it's not just a number. They write a whole spew of paragraphs on why they gave it that score. And they go through, and you can find those reviews. And so I think so often we look just at the number. And we see 10 out of 10, or 6 out of 10, 1 out of 10. And we go, oh, see, this person gave it a 10 out of 10. It's amazing. Or this person gave it a 1 out of 10. I'm not going to play it or watch it or you know, read it or fill in the blank. I think something is forgotten that these people wrote an article or wrote a couple pages about why they gave it said score. And I think that's important is going and actually reading that and seeing why the reasoning was, because they had a reason for giving it that score. And it's not just a number, it's paragraphs of information. Why? Um, And then I think another thought that popped in my head is when you were talking about the rotten tomatoes and the idea of the audience score and the critique score, And something that I've realized is audiences are looking for things that critics are not and vice versa. So audiences will go in to just sit and watch the movie and they may enjoy it. And they're like, oh, I really enjoyed this or no, this was not a good movie. But critics are going in and looking at the writing, the delivery of lines, the colors, the lighting, the cinematography, the you know the acting, the directing. They're looking at all these little minute details and they may come out of it going, oh my gosh, the cinematography in that movie alone was amazing. So I'm going to give that an, a high score compared to your average viewer may go, no, I, I didn't enjoy that movie, low score, you know? So I think that's something important to think about is so for example, 
I don't like the Cloverfield movies. I don't. I'm not a big fan of them. But one of my youth students really enjoys them. They think they add, has a lot of suspense and a lot of, you know, things like things that add some cool elements. And I would consider myself, you know, a growing critic of films. And so I would personally give that a low score because of the shaky cam. I don't enjoy that cinematography style. But 1917, on the other hand, is an amazing movie that has this amazing cinematography style where the editing and the camera work is done in such a way to make it seem like it is one continuous shot the entire time. And I think, I don't know the scores off the top of my head, but I think the critics gave that movie a high score because of the cinematography work and the editing, and that boosted that score. Not to mention the amazing acting and everything else, but little things like that may boost the score from critics compared to the average viewer who may not be looking for things like that. So... I think bottom line after I said all this is taking it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Taking each critic and each viewing and each thing you read with a grain of salt and knowing that that's their opinion, you know? Exactly. And I think along with that, we might get canceled for this, for what I'm about to say. (laughs) Well, we've had a good run. (laughs) We have, we had a great run. A problem within our society that I truly believe is that we look for one thing that hits our our agenda. I, I hate that term. It's not really an agenda. It's more of you're looking for something that fits what you believe. And you latch on to that. And it's like, see, this is what I'm talking about. And I'm talking more about media itself, talking about journalism. But we see that in critiques as well. So I know a few people that all they look at is Rotten Tomatoes. You only look for that Rotten Tomato number. You don't look for why. You don't look for the audience score or maybe you do see the audience score. But you don't go look for other journalism. You don't look for other people who are critiquing the same thing. Yeah, or vice versa. I know a guy that only looked at Metacritic. Yeah. And that's all he looked at. And, And all of them are great sites in order to get that those reviews but for me i like hearing a broad spectrum i like yeah. to say okay what is ron tomato saying does that line up with what metacritic saying okay does that line up with i have two youtubers that i really like to listen to who view like look at movies and all that and one of them is actually beginning to become a director and so i'm like okay how do they view the movie and a lot of times they all line up and when they all yeah. line up that's when i was like okay I think I have a good understanding of what this movie is about or like mm-hmm. why it's rated whatever doesn't skew my result because when I go see it, I have my own critique to it. Yeah. But I think that's a problem where we have a lot of review bombing happening right now. Yep. Where audience scores are typically super low or super high. They're not really in the middle because people are going in and just bombing it saying, Either they just don't like what's in it, so they're going to just give it as low scores as possible, or they love it and they want this to be the best movie in the world and they're going to bomb it so that it's super high. Critiques can be the same way in a roundabout way where if you're looking at the wrong critic, sometimes they can be skewed based off of who they are working for. Yeah, If you are looking at a Sony representative who is literally getting paid by Sony to write a review, maybe you shouldn't trust his very high review of Morbius. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Things like that. And all that to say is look at multiple reviews, find what you're looking for, but also see why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. And to answer that kind of question I gave you for myself, like, can you trust a critic? Maybe. I think it's important, just like I was saying, to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. All, I think all you reviews. are your best critic. Yeah. Go see it for yourself. Go experience it yeah. for yourself. Um, I think something is important, too, is the idea, and you were kind of saying the the reverse of it, um, was the idea of, Lately, what I've seen is if people do not like 
something around the movie, whether it's an actor. An actor said something outside of their role, just <clears throat> something that Don't they worry, said. Don't worry, darling. Yeah. And so, like, said something, people are just going to bomb the movie. Or yeah. vice versa, like, oh, man, I just totally lost my train of thought. I had it. It's okay. Um, <laughs> or if, like, you don't like something or you don't, like, people don't know how to disagree anymore. Like, yeah. if if you disagree with something, like... It's an argument. Yeah. Like, something that like you mentioned earlier was the idea of God of War Ragnarok. Someone gave it a 6 out of 10, right? And somebody just did not like the person. It was like, how dare you do this? Da, 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 da. It's an amazing game. And it's like, well, you enjoyed it, but this person didn't. And that's okay. Not everyone yeah. has to enjoy it. Not everyone has to enjoy this movie. It's not made for everyone. It's made for those who enjoy it. And that's the beautiful thing about movies and about media and about you know games and all these different mediums is if you enjoy it, awesome. If you don't, okay, that's that's fine. You have things you enjoy too. And just because someone didn't enjoy it and critiqued it that way doesn't mean they're necessarily wrong. It just means that they didn't enjoy it. And yeah. like you said, it kind of comes back to the best critic is yourself. For yourself. <laughs> I, you kind of mentioned it. I mentioned the movie. Don't worry, darling. This last year had some really bad marketing. Or good if that's what you wanted and you wanted the name of the movie everywhere. But the movie itself had some very poor marketing around the actors, the actress, the um, kind of what happened in production, even the director and her divorce and dating Harry Styles and things like that. And I know for me, I did not want to go see that movie. Hearing all of what happened back behind the scenes and all that, I was like, I, I just don't want to watch it. Not because it didn't look good. It looked very suspenseful, but it was just more of everything I was seeing just did not make me want to see it. Yeah. I did go see it, and I'm going to say it was a decent movie. It wasn't the best movie in the world, in my opinion. My critique was it was maybe around a 6 out of 10, maybe a 5.5 out of 10. It did what it wanted to do, but in choppy ways. Mm -hmm. However... In my mind, prior to seeing it, I was already giving it a 2 out of 10 because yeah. of all the stigma all the, around it. Yeah. And so I, I like what you said where it, you are your best critic and you have to go in with an open mind. Yeah. If you don't go into a movie with an open mind, a game in, or a book or whatever in an open mind, you're never going to enjoy it. And you're never going to see the good elements of it. Once again, going back to like that cinema wins where you get to see some good things, even in terrible movies. Mm -hmm. Movies, man. It's complicated. Movies. <laughs> I think just go see movies. <laughs> I think just my closing thoughts are the idea of you're your best critic. Take all critics with a grain of salt. Because you'll find some that, you know, maybe have a a reason that they're doing that, a reason they're not, or whatever. But take everything with a grain of salt and go into it with an open mind of, I can enjoy yeah. this, even if there's drama around it. Or this can be the worst movie imaginable, but I can still really enjoy it. And it's okay if no one gets that. Absolutely. And I think I'm going to challenge you on air, live, doing a challenge. Starting January, because we're almost to the new year. I don't know if you already have a letterbox or not, but I know I do. Oh, I do. And I was already planning on every single movie, new movie I see in 2023, I was going to write a review yeah. on. Yeah. And not just a, I thought this was a good movie, 5 out of 10. Like like you said, sometimes no, you need I'm a paragraph. It, yeah. like sometimes you need to say, this is why yeah. I'm thinking this is a good movie. And I'm going to do it too. I kind of... Once I stopped working at the movie theater, I stopped doing my critiques. And I need to because I do enjoy them. I think when the new year hits, we need to go back and forth. And if it's a movie that we both watch, we need to critique it and like see each other's. But if any of you are interested in reading some of our critiques on these, like 
go to letterbox like we have our letterbox account it's a great app you can actually see it's not actual movie critics it's anyone can have an account anyone can critique a movie it's like a the only way i can describe letterbox if you don't know what it is and not a sponsor <laughs> not a sponsor. is uh <laughs> is uh it's like social media for movies yeah absolutely so like you can follow people and like just see their reviews or see what they think about a movie and it's like try like Trey was saying it's not critiques it's not it's you know your buddies like i follow a couple of my coworkers. Uh, I follow Trey. I follow a friend of ours, and so I just it, read the reviews every now and, and again. It's a and good, it's a good app to have when you want to actually look at reviews. Because, like we were saying, sometimes you don't know who you can trust. Well, a lot of people on Letterbox have it because they have a love for movies, so that already checks one of yep. the boxes. But you still have to kind of sift through like what you want to see and all that. But what's nice is they have their own review system where when you rate it in stars one through five, that's only for the people that have rated it on Letterboxd. So it's not taking in Rotten Tomatoes in the account. It's not taking Metacritic. So it's one of those that I do look at for movies as well. And just what does the layperson yeah. think of this movie? Like you don't have yeah. to be a movie critic. It's so fun. It is. I enjoy it. I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to all next year critiquing every single movie i see and i don't know if i'm gonna do every movie or every new movie yeah i'm definitely um, we'll all decide i have a month and a I'm half i'm definitely going so. to make categories so like the 2023 category so every movie that i watch what's really nice about this app too is you can actually categorize and rank so as i go through 2023 every movie i watch i can move it into place of like okay i did enjoy it more than this one okay i enjoyed it more than that one and I'm going to make one for Marvel where you can make a category for all the Marvel movies. And I'm going to do that based off of our conversations we've had on our podcast. I have one on Pixar. Nice. So I think I'm going to go through all the Pixar movies oh, and, nice. them and review them. And it, what's nice is you can also say, I need to watch this movie. So my movie yeah. list is on Letterboxd as well of like, I need to watch. So Nice. Yeah, I need to go through and clean up some of mine and start making categories and stuff and get organized that's what i'm be doing for the next month and a half is getting organized for the new year so when i hit the ground oh yeah absolutely january for sure i will be so. writing something for avatar and probably glass onion i'm so excited for avatar <laughs> <laughs> well thank you guys if you made it this far uh for joining us uh we have a lot of fun just talking about random things shooting the breeze uh, if you have any questions, if you have any topics you want us to talk about, um, shoot us an email or not an email, but send us a DM on Instagram or on Twitter. <laughs> if you can find our email. I'm going to be I impressed. Know, right? <laughs> uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Um, we are looking at some other social media platforms uh, in the near future as well. But shoot us a DM. Let us know what you think. And as always, leave a comment. Rate us on Google, on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you can find us. It helps us out a lot. Because you know. It's all geek to me.